0: everybody come on in time for church let's go find a seat have you tonight and uh we're always excited to be with you on wednesday night here at only believe so come on and grab a seat and uh we'll get things moving in just a second but let me give you a couple announcements we're getting a live stream going and all that stuff as you're getting in here don't forget everybody say "Don't don't forget okay that was about half of you but i'll take that uh joy fellowship is this sunday at 5 o'clock. And I promised Bill the very first announcement tonight because I always forget. So there you go. Joy Fellowship this Sunday, 5 o'clock. If you have questions about Joy Fellowship, it's a gathering. It's one of our small groups. They get together, eat some food, get into the Word a little bit and spend some time together. You can see Bill and Patsy about that. Uh, Tonight is hangout night. So after worship, fifth through twelfth grade goes with Amanda. Amanda, wave your hand around. And she's got youth hangout tonight, and also, as always, we have kids' church. But all the kids are with us for worship tonight. So, um, if you're not parent kid, uh, well, this thing's cutting it out. Let me see what we got here. Okay, I'll stand right here. I'm gonna switch, Chris. Here we go. All right, how about that? All right, so. Kids, make sure you're with your parents right now for praise and worship. Also, uh, 40 Days of Remembrance, the scripture reading guide leading us up to Easter. We're already within 40 days of Easter. If you don't have one of those, if you want one, pick those up at the back table, okay? Uh, along with Easter, we have our Good Friday uh, Remembrance service. So that's April the 7th, Easter's April the 9th. And then, guys, check this out. April the 14th, on a Friday night, at 6:30, right here we're going to do a friday night guys hangout night it's for uh, junior high guys all the way up to the oldest we got uh, we're gonna have a devotion a little bit of worship and i got some guy coming he's an expert he is going to teach us some basic first aid Outdoor kind of survival stuff. It's gonna be a fun night. So anyways, that's April the 14th Just for a fun night for the guys and the ladies you guys have a women's event on April uh, The 29th Saturday morning, so things coming up uh, in April and all that kind of stuff for you So watch out for those details and I do believe correct me if I'm wrong that this weekend is the time change Is that correct? so Bring forward it's coming this weekend, so this is the one. If you get that wrong, you'll miss church, all right? So don't get that one wrong, all right? Spring forward this weekend. Don't forget about that. So change your clocks, and uh, we'll get more daylight time now. So, amen. I think everybody's happy about that. Having said that, let's like stand up, high five a couple people around you, and uh, we'll get rolling tonight.
2: Day, and I just want to share it with you, of the love that your father has for you. This man told a story about his, his son went missing for about 25 minutes in a mall and he was on the spectrum and so he couldn't communicate when he got nervous. And if you can imagine, you have a, a lot of us are parents, we know what it's like when you lose a child and that fear that would just cripple you because you think that they're lost for good. And he found his son and he's holding his son. And his son was like, where were you, dad? I was looking for you. And his dad said, I was looking for you the whole time. And that's what God is doing right now. He's always been looking for you. There's not a time that he has left you. He's been searching for you. He leaves the 99 for the one. He fights for you until you're found. He is seeking you. So if you feel like you have not been pursued like that, you are wrong. He's pursuing you even now because he loves you, because you are his son or his daughter. That is how he seeks us. And when he finds you, he's so glad. So let's just be responsive to him tonight. Let's be responsive that we know that when we go wandering, he is going to find us. Let's be faithful to him. Let's hold on to him so tightly that we don't wander off. So let's sing that again and just believe it, that he is selfless. When his love is for you, that is how much he loves you. Pacing until you're found, Hallelujah.
1: God. And oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves 99. And I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still Christ gave Shadow you won't light up, mountain you Yeah.
2: give you all of our worship Lord because you are worthy because you alone are good oh father I pray that you would just come like a rushing wind and take us where you want us to be that you would burn with a holy fire father That refiner's fire. Make us more like you, Lord. Less like us and more like you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, we're glad to have you. Isn't he so good? He's so good. Amen. Well, if you could just go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening. And kiddos, you are dismissed.
0: Tonight, I know we're going to give them a chance to get their kids checked in in kids' church, and also make sure the youth get to the youth hangout. So we'll give them just a moment. But it's good to have you. And uh, again, if you didn't get uh, 40 days of remembrance scripture reading guide, please pick those up at the back uh, as you head out tonight. And also, um, if you need a prayer prayer request card, I'm sorry, Uh, those are also in the back. We'd love to pray for your prayer needs. Okay, so. please get that to me or one of the ushers and they will get that to me and we will pray over them. So tithe and offering, if you have something to give, you can prep that offering envelopes the chairs in front of you. If not, uh, wave your hand around and the ushers will help you out. I'm trying to drag a little time waiting for people to get back up and checking their kids in, but uh, we appreciate your giving and your faithfulness and uh, I don't pray that you give. I pray that God meets our needs. And however he moves your heart, that's what he does. I will never beg for your money. not my job. I don't mind taking up tithe and offering, but I'm not going to beg for your money. But I just do know that we have things that God is, is calling us to and asking us to and leading us to. And, it, and some of those, not all of it, but some of it does take some finances. So um, as money comes in and we pray that our needs are met... Uh, that we're good stewards with what does come into the house and that the Lord multiplies it, blesses it, and does uh, far beyond what we can do with it. Amen? Isn't isn't it good to live in the wisdom of God not your own wisdom? I think so. I think so. I think so. So ask. And the Bible says in James that if you ask for wisdom, he will respond. So one of the best prayers you can pray in your life, I would encourage you to pray every day, Lord, give me wisdom. Matter of fact, I would go, I would just get extravagant about it. I would pray, Lord, give me a double portion of wisdom. Don't settle just for wisdom. Ask for a double. I don't think, I don't think he cares if you ask, so he'll give it, right? So he doesn't mind, in other words, you ask for that. So pray for wisdom in all areas of your life. Okay, so let me pray over your tithing offering. If you have it, you can bring it. Lord, we thank you. Again, to come to your house, to be together. Uh, we do pray blessings on our kids' church tonight, and the youth hangout, that the hang out, that you do some good stuff that only you can do in hearts down there tonight, but also with us. And I pray, Lord, as we give tonight, it's just another step of a life of faith in following you and responding to your goodness. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. So, uh, as you are all bum-rushing the stage to bring your offering up here, um, let me go over a couple things real quick. Uh, We're doing a series on purpose Uh, Over this uh, month, here and a couple things about that. If this is your home church and this is where you're going to be planted, and you're not currently serving on a dream team, we'd love for you to because I believe uh, everybody has a part to play. It's not just in these sort of things, but these are some of the opportunities in our church. So if you're interested in a dream team, uh, and those are just the, the service function teams of our church, like the worship team, the ushers, greeters media, soundboard, kids' church. and Kids' church, kids' church, kids' church. We said again, kids' church needs some volunteers. You know why? Because our kids' church is growing, and we need to break down the age groups again. So we actually have to have a third uh, class going on downstairs instead of just two. So if, if you're interested, and I would say interested, let's say put, the Lord puts it on your heart, because that's what needs to happen to be down there. Um, if the Lord puts it on your heart to jump in on Kids Church. Please grab one of these Dream Team sign-ups, mark and get it back to me. And also, uh, our youth hangout group is also growing. And we need some more people that are interested in hanging out with our young people and dealing with that and, and the good things that are happening there. So anyways, get one of those, fill it out, and get it to me. And also, with that, um, Al has these. And this you can raise your hand in a second if you want one of these. So... Every now and then we advertise what we call Next Steps. And Next Steps is sort of like our joining membership of our church. Uh, If you call this your home church, we'd like for you to go through Next Steps at some point. One of our steps of Next Steps is called Discover Your Purpose. And in that step of Next Steps, we have uh, sort of a, a, it's not a complicated one, but a personality Uh, assessment along with a a gift assessment and these can help us find a place for you in the church if you're not sure where you'd like to serve in church that makes sense or maybe you're serving someplace in church and kind of like i'm not sure if this fits me but i'm not sure what to do this can help out so if you're interested even, even if you're just interested in knowing that's also kind of cool if you're interested in knowing, raise your hand up, and I'll get one of these to you. And then all you got to do is uh, fill, fill it out and get it back to me. Now, if you look at the thing and go, what in the world am I supposed to do with this? Let me know, and I'll, I'll show you how to use it. But it's pretty, pretty simple. And it'll just helps some guide uh, some things about you that, that kind of draw out. And sometimes people do these things, and they're like, man, I really didn't know that about myself. And But it's kind of like I went, uh, when I was in high school, I wasn't, you know, I did well academically, but I wasn't interested academically. But I found uh, when I was in 11th grade, everybody had to take your general history class. And I wasn't a big studier anyways, but history, I never had to study. I just remembered. Whatever the teacher talked about, I remembered. I got straight A's on tests. And when I went, and I realized at that moment, I kind of like history. You know what I'm talking about? It just sort of was, it was there, but I didn't know it. It took something to draw it out of me. It's kind of like that. So I actually ended up along with my my biblical studies degree. I got a degree in history just for the fun of it. But um, anyway, something like this could help you out with discovering something about you and a role that you can play in the church. So what they'll do, if you don't raise your hand but you want one, they'll keep these on the back table back there somewhere. You can pick one of these up and um, get that to me. So And by the way, if you're wondering about the whole next steps thing, so uh, if you're interested in, in joining our church and saying, this is my church home, I'd like for you to go through next steps, it's just... Gives you more of a church history of who we are. Talks about sort of not only this church, but how we're associated with our campuses, the founding of the church, uh, kind of about how we go about the finances and things like that. And also then digs into things like getting you plugged into dream teams and a small group, which we have, and things like that. And I'm actually planning maybe uh, sometime this spring or summer going through next steps on Wednesdays with everybody. So that way everybody does it. About that so anyways that's coming up but just so you know we can pick that up later on so if you got your bibles genesis chapter 12 um we're in week three on our series on purpose but i would like if you are an intercessor and um if you don't know what an intercessor is it, everybody should pray but people that are called to intercede your intercessor is a deeper level of calling to prayer in your life How I many you know what i'm talking about if you're an intercessor or you're a faithful church-wide Monday night prayer person, I'd like to get with you immediately after church for like three minutes. I have something on my heart I want to share with you that you can pray about, okay? So please, right after church, remember to come see me, and uh, we'll do that. All right, Genesis chapter 12. How many of you guys wear glasses? Who wears gla- How many of you have ever dropped your glasses in the toilet? For the very first time today. I cleaned them it was it was it was after flush it's okay but having said that here we go all right Genesis chapter 12 and verse number one but I was a youth pastor for 20 years this means nothing I'm just telling you it's just uh, anyways alright so uh, I want to talk to you some things about purpose tonight but what I want to do is I want to walk through some things about Abraham real quick. And we're going to jump through four very short passages of Scripture uh, concerning Abraham and talk about it for a minute. So Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, and this is the call of Abram, that, that we know God later changed his name to Abraham, Go from your country and your kidron, And your father's house to the land that I will show you. So he was calling him and taking him somewhere. Very symbolic of change for Abram. But not only was he called to do something, watch. He gave him a purpose. He gave him a promise. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. Obviously, we're still talking about the guy. So that you will be a blessing. If, if the Lord ever makes your name great, what's the purpose of making your name great? So you can be a blessing, not just because you're great. Yeah? Okay, anyways. And I will bless those who bless you, and, and to him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, that, in other words, something something's going to come from you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that is ultimately talking about the coming of Jesus through his line. All the nations of the world will be blessed because of Jesus. That's a long term purpose that Abram was called to. Now, at this time, uh, Abram, and you guys know the story probably, Abram and his wife Sarai were barren, no kids, right? He says, You're going to be a great nation. And here, Abram, this place is getting old, and he has no children. The purposes that God calls you to sometimes are not evident in your life at the moment. Sometimes it takes you getting up and heading to the land he calls you to to bring out the things that he has in your life. In other words, responding to his call helps bring purpose out in your life. Now, as the story goes, go to uh, chapter 16 verse 1 and 2. So he's got this promise. Descendants from him will be a great nation, but he doesn't have any children. Chapter 16, verse number 1, it says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And so in other words, she was barren. And if you ever noticed something about barren women in the Bible, God ultimately does great things with them. And you always remember that. Where there's a barren place in your life, that's not the end of the story. I'm not talking about children per se, but I'm talking about areas of your life that are producing no fruit for the God and the kingdom. Don't despair. Keep after him. He, He is the one that can take your barrenness and make it fruitful, right? So they had no children, but yet she had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, behold now, the Lord, now notice Sarah is is at this point, Sarah is, is sort of blaming God for this whole thing. God has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant and it may be that I shall obtain children by her. So in other words, God said, and since, it's not working out the way they think. They're trying to make plans to make what God said happen. And then, of course, it says there, then Abram listened to her. And we know the story is Abram did have a baby with, with Hagar, whose name was Ishmael, right? And if you know the story that goes forward, Ishmael and, and uh, Isaac, who was later born, they have problems with each other all the way down the line, right? Right? But man tries to make up for what they think God is not doing, and that always ends up in a mess. Let me say that again. When you try to make up for something that God should be doing just because he had said, you end up making a mess. Right? All right, so let's jump over to chapter 17 and we get get to Isaac here. And 17, verse number 15. And God said to Abraham, now notice his name has been changed. He's ready to start doing something with Abraham. If Abraham had been patient in the first place, he would have got here instead of the whole mess with Ishmael. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her. And moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham Abraham fell on his face and laughed. You see that? Never think what God says is impossible. Even if it seems impossible, even if it seems ridiculous, right? God telling, And this is God talking to Abraham. He knows the voice of the Lord. He's been in relationship with him. And when God says this, he laughs to himself and says, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And Sarah, who is 99 years old, bear a child. And we don't even need to talk about that business, all right? A hundred and ninety-nine, okay. And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael, watch this, oh, that what I tried to do would actually be what you want. See that? Oh, that Ishmael would be the one that would live before you. But God said, no, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call him Isaac. And I'll establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. And he says that he's still going to bless Ishmael and all these different things. But what happened is, obviously, the next year after God did this, then Isaac is born. So God is now backing up what he said. If Abraham would have been patient. But here's what's really interesting. So we we say all that to get to chapter 22. So Isaac is born. He's turning into a, a young guy by this point. Growing. And after these things, chapter 22, verse number one. And after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take your son. Now notice the wording there, your only son. Now wait a second. He's got two kids, but there's only one of promise, right? Take the son of promise, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering On one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, we'll talk about something that seems very out of character for God. Go take, take your son and sacrifice him for me. Very out of character there. And verse number three, watch Abraham's response. So Abraham rose early in the morning. I'm I'm gonna read between the lines here. I'm not even sure, but I'm sure he didn't say nothing to his wife about this. But so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place which God had told him. And you can read the story later. There's a promise, it doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. They try to make their own way. Ishmael comes, but God says, but nope, it's got to be my, my way. Then Isaac is eventually born. But then after the son of promise is born, then God is asking Abraham to do away with what he made happen. And it just doesn't make sense at all. I want you to notice here that when God asked Abraham to sacrifice one of his sons, he didn't ask for Ishmael, he asked for Isaac. Think about it. The test of obedience for Abraham was not the one that wasn't supposed to be. It was the one that was of the promise to make he and Sarah the great nations to come. In other words, God never gives you purpose to replace him. And there may be times he may test that. that no matter the callings and the purposes of your life, he remains the one that can revoke it if he wishes to. In other words, even though he gives it to you, you don't fully own it. See what I'm saying? And he has the right at any time to revoke what he does. You see, this returns us to this big picture meaning of life, that our purpose resides in God himself. This is our creation that we are to be relation with him yes he will call you to purpose yes he will give you callings in your life but it is the life with him that is most important your calling is from god your calling needs to be by god and ultimately your calling is for god and that's what this whole sacrificing of isaac means your calling is from god right Your calling will happen because of him, not because you're so special. And ultimately, your calling belongs to him. And he can choose to do with it what he wants. So I've been pastoring for almost 29 years in some capacity. If tomorrow he says, hey, I'm taking out you're going to do something else, I have to be like Abraham and go, okay, what do you want me to do? See what I'm saying? So... There's a couple things that we really wanna draw from this. The first thing and the first two things, just write these things down. We have to live our purposes in humility and that humility will always keep us teachable. The two things that are very important, humility and teachability. So, so Proverbs chapter number four, the great book of wisdom. Proverbs chapter number 4 and verse number 6, or 13, I'm sorry. Chapter 4 and verse number 13. It says, keep hold of instruction, teaching, wisdom, and do not let it go. Guard her, notice it's personified as a she or her, as wisdom is in Proverbs. And she is your life. You see that? So, you can understand a calling and a purpose and a direction for your life, but if you don't live it in humility and remain teachable, what God is calling you to do will never be fully lived out. See? Because if he's the one who gave it to you, he's going to be the one in wisdom to help you do it. In other words, he... he, So, we've been talking about purpose in a first sense is who is actually in control of your life, you or God? Are you trying to get Him to do what you want Him to do, or are you trying to get in on what He's already up to for you? That's important. Who's got the remote control of your life? But sometimes when we know what we're supposed to do, it's not that we didn't hear Him, we gave Him control in what we're supposed to do, but then we try to control how it happens. And you can't control any of it. He's got to keep the remote control the whole time, not just in what to do, but in leading you how to do. In other words, you don't want to end up with a bunch of Ishmaels in your life, because you are constantly trying to do what he has purposed to do with you. There's, there's certainly, you are supposed to do what's within your hand. You work at it, you do what you know to do now, but at the same time, God is the one who will make ways and, and, and take you to steps in this that you cannot do without him. You can never live your purpose without God. If you can, it wasn't from him. So remember, we, we talked about what is purpose. So there are general purposes we all share, right? We were talking about this. We all share the purpose of becoming Christ-like. You can't do that without him. And that's, it sounds silly, but we try with, to do that without him. You're all called to be a light in the world, right? That's the purpose we all share. Well, you need him to do that. We're all called 1 Corinthians 12 to play a part in the body. Yep. You can't do that without him, Right? Then purposes you take on in responsibilities life. So as the example I keep using, I'm married, so that is a God purpose in my life. I have responsibility to my wife. And to do that properly, I can't do that without him. And I had kids, you know what, they're my purpose. That's purpose of life, that's responsibility. But to raise them right, I can't do that without him. So everything you're called to do, whether it's general things we all share or unique individual things that you discovered, like for me pastoring, certainly I can't do that without him. Everything is born of him, but then it takes him to live it out, and he still owns it, if you want to think about it that way. Amen. But then that means I have to stay humble in my place with what God has given me, what's in my hand. And if I'm humble... I will always remain teachable. When you lose teachability, you've gone beyond the purposes of God in your life. They're there, but you'll never reach them because you stop learning. Teachable to what? To the Holy Spirit. Teachable to what? The scriptures. Teachable to what? Authorities that God has placed in your life. Right? So so as as a child, my dad and my mom, they were my authority. When it comes to earthly authorities that God places in your life, if you will not listen to the authority that you see, you'll never listen to the authority you don't see. Amen. And it's amazing, it's amazing, uh, and we can just talk about church. This is just one example. Um, And certainly church authority, leadership in churches, they can do things all the wrong way. And there's accountability for that stuff. But having said that, let's just say that church leadership and authority is doing what they're supposed to do. Um, how many of you feel, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you feel this is your church? Well, God knew that I was the pastor here, or was going to be the pastor here, and you're here, so guess what? You don't like my authority? Well, guess what? How many How many know what I'm saying? God knows this stuff and he places you in certain places for a reason now I think you know me enough I'm not walking around here you know banging a hammer all the time I'm not like that but let me tell you what church hurt is not there's this whole big thing that's been going on for a few years about deconstruction of your faith and all this different stuff and a lot of stuff coming out about church hurt and yes churches have done a lot of very wrong things and there will be accountability to God for those things but church hurt is not that you've been corrected. That's not church hurt. That's needed in your life. Church hurt is not when you've been held accountable about something. That's not church hurt. You're just offended. Church hurt is not you didn't get your way, now you're mad about it. That's not church hurt. You're just offended. You need to grow up. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We've got to be real about stuff. Because anytime, time anymore... When some sort of accountability of leadership comes in your life, we just get all offended about it. No, 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 no. Things are in your life for a reason. It's, again, it's not that church leaders can do what they want, when they want, and how they want, there's accountability there, but at the same time, there is a structure of how God moves in things. And there's authority in your life for a reason. Okay? It, it, church hurt is not, I had a great idea and they didn't want to do it. Okay. What do you want me to do about it? Church hurt is not. I wish they'd let me sing a song. I never get to sing. It's not your spot. We're a body. Not everybody can sing. There's another place for you. You see what I'm saying? We, we, get, we get upset about, well, they treated me wrong. No, no, you're just offended because you didn't get your way. You don't like authority in certain spots or, or moments of your life. I've had people, it doesn't happen a lot. Everyone says, super long while I'll get somebody to say something. If you don't do this, I'm going to leave the church. And I'll say, let me pray with you right now, and God blesses you find a church home. That's, I do that. I say, let me pray. I bless you to find where you're supposed to fit. You see what I'm getting at? Authority is purposeful in your life. When it's done properly, but it's meaningful. When you lose teachability, it stunts purpose in your life. Gotta remain teachable. Okay? So, humility, teachability. Now, the things that go directly with that, as we see with Abraham, is this third word, and that's obedience. We gotta learn to stay obedient to God. Even listen, even over our perceived outcome of what we're trying to do. Because you think about this whole thing with Isaac, it seems like he's wrecking the whole outcome. He's stopping. And now the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that that Abraham just simply believed God would raise him from the dead, but he still was taking a chance. Because that's a big thing. Abraham was more concerned about obedience than he was the outcome of what God had said to him. Because if you don't live in obedience to the things that God said, it will never allow God to do in your life what only he can do. Because even when he's calling, asking, leading, showing, whatever it is, and if it seems unreasonable, that's okay because he's beyond your reason. Again, you're trying to do Ishmael. I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 I don't know. You don't know what's going on in Abraham's mind. I don't know if he asked, but when God asked for Isaac, I don't know if Abraham said, but wait a second. What about Ishmael? <laughs> you know, I got another option here. I don't know. Maybe he did. Who knows? But God will, again, lead you in things in life that you need him to do. But for those things to happen, you have to give up your reasoning and purpose. To allow him to do stuff, it only happens in obedience. Actually, when Abraham's first call was, okay, get up with with your family, leave the family you have, and go to a place, and I'll show you where it is. Now, these were nomadic people in general anyway, so that wasn't necessarily a a big, giant change of thought for him, but yet he was told to go somewhere without exactly knowing where. Right? So Abraham, as our father of faith, as the Scripture calls us, He was somebody that was willing to listen and obey regardless of whether or not he understood it. Never go by your understanding. What did God say? That's the greatest assurance you can have in your life. Not what you can figure out, but what did God say? Amen? It's important. So, calling and purpose stay within their proper bounds and have their greatest impact when we stay humble teachable and obedient obedient to God and, and by the way that that shows you it will teach you then how to interact with other people with humility right when when you know when you know that you're still learning it, it really guards how you treat other people because you never think you've arrived and you start treating people out of pride, right? So, I, I, so as a youth pastor for a long time, there were, there were always kids that we were kind of looking at saying, I think that kid can be a leader in, in certain things trying to place them in place in the body. But I always do little things like this. Let's say we're, we were having some sort of a, a, a gathering, a party for the kids. And there, there was some kid there, and I was just wanting to get to know him. I would say, hey, do me a favor. Can you take the trash out for me? I always love to see their reaction. If they just blow me off and keep running, I'm like, yep, I can't use that kid right now. They just showed a moment right there. They're not really teachable. See what I'm getting at? It shows up in the littlest things. Your teachability shows up in the smallest things. When any kind of correction comes for you, whether it's conviction of the Holy Spirit, whether you see something in the Word that jumps out of you, or authorities in your life, whatever. that This could be a boss at work, by the way, too. How you respond in those moments says a lot about you. Are you immediately offended, taken back, getting mad, dismissing it, blame shifting, or are you willing to receive it and then weigh it out? Right? It means a lot. So we gotta be people of obedience because it has a lot to do with our purpose. Now, this shows up in a very important way. Whenever God calls us to something, he always brings with it his backing, his authority. So with with Abraham, the authority of, of and the backing of God in Abraham's life, was it through Ishmael or was it through Isaac? Through Isaac right? It's the same way in your life. So God will back me up and teach me how to be a great husband to who? But not another woman. Is that right? God will teach me and raise me up how to be a good father to who? My kids, but not your kids. They're your kids. Now, there are general principles that cover all of us that we can teach, but my kids are unique and individual and different than your kids, and God will help me with my kids, but I'm not supposed to father your kids. You see what I'm getting at. The purposes you have, he backs you up in those specific callings and purposes. So I'll give you a really silly example. So, uh, as you know, obviously I'm a pastor. That's my calling in life. I will do this till he changes it, or if he doesn't, I'll do it till, till it I'm dead and done, right? Um, But let's just say tomorrow I decide to be a Christian rock star. I'm going to play the guitar, and I'm just going to go out there and start singing for Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything wrong with me singing for Jesus? Absolutely not. Would God be glorified in me singing for Jesus? Yeah, he would. Is there a chance that maybe even somebody would get saved? Well, I don't know about that, but um, if you've heard me sing, it's a pretty slim chance. But there isn't even a chance that somebody out there could get saved because I'm singing for Jesus. Is that a bad thing? No. I could get signed by a record label and, and become somebody that's famous on TikTok or something. I don't know. Is there, is there anything wrong with that? Not necessarily. But is that my greatest impact in life? What is my greatest impact in life? Pastor. Because his authority and backing comes where he calls me, not what I've decided to do, even if it's an okay thing. Isn't that right? So if, we won't go there, but Acts chapter 16. Remember that Paul called the Macedonian a dream? If you read that through there, they were going to go to this place, and the Holy Spirit said, no, don't go there. Wait a second. They were going there to evangelize for Jesus. Is there anything wrong with that? No but that wasn't the purpose where the greatest backing and authority was going to happen for Paul at that time in his life. And they were redirected twice until Paul had this vision of man of Macedonia. He said, Hey, come over here. And when they went there, they went with the authority and the purpose and the backing of God and great things happened. Good things would have happened, but where Paul needed to be was where God was calling him. That is why you've got to give him the remote control. You can come up with a lot of great ideas on your own, that really aren't harmful and they're not sinful and they, they won't disconnect you in a way from him as far as, you know, heaven and all that is, but yet discerning where he wants you is the best place for you. That's where his authority and backing is with you. Right? And even specifically, some, some, uh, sometimes it has to do with location. So today in my life, the best place for me to be a pastor is Where? right here could i pastor successfully somewhere else yeah but this is where god has me and i have to be obedient to that you you know we talk we talk about uh, sometimes church authority offending people you all could offend me you know that i could leave this place and forget all those people i'm going somewhere else buy another job right i can get offended just like you But even if I was offended, God still called me here, so i got to get over it, forgive, get on with things. Isn't that right? You know how many people disconnect from a church not because God told them to, just because they're mad? They're offended? They can go to another church and make good things, and hopefully God restores and does all that stuff, but yet I believe God leaves and calls specifically about stuff. And we've got to learn to listen and obey. Okay? so your, your purpose is, is directly connected to your humility and your ability to always, always, always stay teachable. So, by the way, let me just say this. I'm teachable, but not everybody can speak into my life. There are some people, and it's a list that probably can fit on my hand, that can call me up and say, you need to do this, and I'll do it. But that's not a whole lot of people. But I'm still teachable. Yesterday, I was at a church conference with some other people. You know, I wanted to learn. I've been doing this a long time. But I wanted to learn. Teachable. Right? I always putting myself in situations to absorb and learn. Because I want to do the best I can do with what God has given me why do we do a marriage conference once a year because we want you to work on your marriage even if your marriage is pretty good i never want to stop learning you see what i'm saying that we're always in the place of growing so i tell you one of the things that i pray the most is god show me how to be a better husband i've been married 29 years god show me how to be a better father to my kids at their place in life and we're empty nesters i still pray that i grow to be a better father I pray consistently, Lord, show me how to be a better leader in in the things that I lead for the local churches I'm involved in. I pray all the time, Lord, show me how to pastor better. Please show me. Lord, I want to know your word more. Teach me more when I get into the scripture. I want to know. I never stop praying about growing in wisdom and understanding. I want to remain teachable. I never want to get beyond that place. When I get to that spot, you can know that problems will start to happen in my life. I'll shut off the voice of the Holy Spirit in conviction. I'll shut off the voice of the word as the Holy Spirit is speaking me through the word. The authorities, those people that I told you that could give me a call and tell me to do I do it, I'll stop listening. Right? I'll stop wanting to get better in my marriage and my marriage will start to have issues. You always stay teachable, but that takes a whole lot of humility. In other, in other words, humility reminds you of your spot in this whole big scheme of things. He's God. You're not. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, but yet he's still God. So I will remain humble, teachable, and then when God says to do something, I will be obedient, even if I have no understanding of how that's going to work out. Then God moves. moves. Amen. So, let's keep growing, keep listening. Let's keep seeing what God can do with what He has given each one of us. Believe that? You believe that? How I many all believe you have purpose in life? Let me see. By the way, your past doesn't wreck your future. God can redeem anything you did and turn it into something he's going to use for his glory. Remember, we were talking a week ago or two weeks ago that sometimes the things he uses a sinner the are things of our past. Your past helps your purpose, right? God will redeem all that stuff. There, there is not a person breathing that's beyond the redemption of God into the purposes that God has for them. Not a single person. Amen? Let's see what God will do. All right, let's, let's pray. Lord, Lord, we, we want to listen, obey, be people that are following you. Lord, I pray we're stirred up to be people who want to learn, to grow. At any point we start to get out of the space of humility, you simply just remind us, call us back into it. That we are people who remain teachable in all the things that we do. Lord, so we are simply asking, Lord, use us in the designs that you created each one of us to be, as individuals but as a group, a body together. Lord, that can be a dangerous prayer because he may start asking and he may start, he's start leading. And, and, but I pray we have the confidence to know that you're backing us in these things. And we know it's not going to be perfect, your will and, and the callings is not a place where nothing goes wrong there's no trials or, or things like that. But it is the road you've called us to walk on. So, so I pray that we have the understanding that you're always there with us. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says. Amen. So here's the deal. Two things real quick. First, three things. Intercessors, see me real quick. Secondly, Sunday, believe it or not, we start our, our Easter series, what's leading up to Easter, believe it or not. That starts Sunday. Uh, oh, by the way, my wife, she's flying to Florida right now to visit with her dad. That's where she's at, so she's going to be on a couple of days. So pray for her, she has a good time. And last but not least, um, invite people to church. If you know somebody that's not churched, invite them here. You just never know what God will do, coupled with your witness— And your way of living, that's light for him. And the things that you have said, you never know, bring him around a place like this. You may be amazed what will happen. Right? Amen? So, anyway, intercessors, come see me. Be blessed. We'll see you Sunday morning. Have a very good end of the week.